You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 53 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, there's so much going on. It's that crazy time of year, uh, but, um, but life is going all right. I know. Shall we just get stuck into it? Let's get into it, hey? All right. I understand you have a link to us that is quite close to your heart. Is the, am oh I right? Oh, my God. This made me so happy. You have no idea. So sliced chocolate. <laughs> so this is what I found this link on Board Panda. And um, you know how you can get that sliced cheese that's individually wrapped? Yes. You can get sliced chocolate the same and you can make chocolate sandwiches. I'm... Or, like, imagine if you got mm -hmm. Nutella and put it onto these, like, chocolate slices, you could make, like, little chocolate Nutella rolls. I'm looking at the link, and we'll put the link in the show notes, of the sliced chocolate. It does, mm -hmm. it does look like the sliced cheese except brown. Yeah. And it looks disgusting. It looks amazing. It does Val. not look amazing. There's so many great things you could do with that. <laughs> Opened up my world and just made me so happy. Okay. And um, there'll be people listening who will be just as excited. You go buy it and let me know we'll... how you go. Hmm. Look, well, let's move straight on to a listener question before we start on our this week's boot camp. Yep. Now, the listener question is from Joaquin Zapeda from Mexico City. And Joaquin has said, I was listening to your podcast, number 48, How to Build Your Profile as a Photographer. And a basic question came to my mind. As a new photographer in the market, should I build my brand around my proper name, which is Joaquin Zapeda Photographer, or around an impersonal studio name? And it might be whatever the studio name is, mm. Wedding Photography. A photographer once told me my name doesn't say anything to anybody, at least not yet, but a brand could. What do you think about it? And thanks for this great podcast collection. It's helping me grow as a photographer. Ooh, that's great, Joaquin. That's awesome. Uh, but, yeah, let's move on to the, to the answer. Well, um, personally, I think Joaquin Zapata sounds like a rock star to me and I would keep that name. I, I like that uh, your clients have something personal to connect to. I think photography, if you're doing wedding photography, I think it's a very personal thing and I think that people need to know that they are dealing with a person, not um, a, a massive firm, and they know that, that exactly who they're getting. 
if Joaquin, you were going to be having uh, a stable of like lots of different photographers working for you, you might have five or six or seven or ten. Then maybe uh, you go under a, a different name. But I, but personally, I think that um, you use your name and build that up as your brand. Be the brand. I, I, Val, you, do you have a different opinion or what do you think? I pretty much agree with that. The only thing I would say is, well, like, I agree that to me, Joaquin Zapeta, you sound, that sounds like an awesome name. It's, it's yep. You do sound like a rock star. But yep. um, I live in Australia and uh, if your name, if you were in Australia and your name was John Smith, I would say that probably isn't the best branding to go with because there are yep. so many John Smiths in the world and then I probably would suggest something else. So I'm not sure whether in Mexico City, Joaquin, Zapata is is like John Smith. If it is a fairly unique name, <clears throat> go with your unique name. If it's a, an amazingly common name, yeah, I might consider going with a studio name, which doesn't necessarily need to be impersonal or generic. Because, for example, if you just called yourself Mexico City Wedding Photography, that probably yeah. would be a little bit boring. But yeah. if you had something with a bit more pizzazz that's a bit more memorable, then I think that's okay as well. But if your name, like I said, if your name is fairly unique, I'd yeah, you build your personal brand for sure. Mm, mm. Definitely. Hope, hope that helps, my Yep, yep, yep. Thanks. Now, tell me, Gina, what mm. will you be doing in June 2016? Oh, my God. I'm so excited, Val. All my <laughs> favourite things come together in June of 2016. So, you know I love uh, chocolate. Yes. You know I have a love of Italy. Yes. Uh, my family are all from Sicily mm-hmm. and I love food and I love travel photography and it all gets to be combined on my Sicily photo photography workshop June 1st to 7th as part of Sicilian food tours. Now I'm very excited because we've got uh, like a couple of the listeners are now coming along and yes. um, there's a, we still have a, a couple of spots if you're interested. I've put a link in the show notes, but basically uh, this is ideal if uh, say you want to spend uh, a fair bit of time with me, you're interested in learning about lifestyle travel photography and portrait photography as well uh, on the fly. So we'll be going to like uh, fairly unique and deserted locations. So if you really want to experience the real Italy and the real Sicily off the beaten track, you're going to love this. And it's also um, living uh, and uh, experiencing life with uh, a Sicilian uh, family. Uh, It's my uh, good friend, uh, Carm Ruggieri, that runs the tours. You get to uh, learn about about, uh, Sicilian food and culture, and uh, we're also doing the the uh, the, the, the photography uh, workshops as well. So, if someone maybe has a partner who is not into photography and you want to convince them to do the workshop, <laughs> then the partner can go off and do the food component, and then you get to come along with me and do the photography. You like. Parts of Sicily that we go to, it really is like stepping onto the set of a Fellini movie. It's such a – there are no tourists where we go. Uh, the groups we're working with are tiny. So, uh, you, you, you know, 
if it, you get access to me a lot of the time, if that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But <laughs> what you if will people want to get sick of me by the end of the tour? <laughs> what if people want food and photography? You get it both. You get all of that. So we get fed. So I recommend I always bring my fat pants. So yeah. there's a good few kilos in this because basically <laughs> we eat all day long, and there's so many. It's so much fun. There's so many great locations, and uh, it's just a, an awesome experience. So I know we've got listeners who are over very close to Sicily and it's just a very close uh, flight. So if you find you've got a few days uh, from June 1st to June 7th, then maybe consider it, have, have, check it out. Uh, feel free to email me if you've got any questions, news at com. And the website is sicilianfoodtours.com. So let's move on to our boot camp for this week. So new listeners, you probably don't know that each week for the next few weeks, we're going to do a different theme for our boot camp. And what we're doing is kind of giving you a scenario where a client has provided a brief. Mm. And last week we did it uh, that where the client was a gym and they wanted a whole series of fitness shots. So this week we've got a different theme and of, in terms of what the client wants and what Gina then is going to talk through is how she would go about fulfilling that brief and the thought process she would um, she would go through to decide, well, how am I going to achieve these shots? In what order should I achieve these shots? What kind of gear do I need to achieve these shots? And what are the things that I need to think of? So the brief this week is for Ooh, magazine, completely <laughs> fictional. and uh, <laughs> But basically, it's like many magazines out there and like many magazines that I've worked for in the past. And we want to do a 10-page story plus the cover and website content of a fabulous and gorgeous family. Now, what are the reasons we might want to shoot this fabulous and gorgeous family? Well, potentially, they could be a celebrity family and, you know, you want to profile this celebrity. Potentially, it could be a family who lives in a fantastic house. So it's appropriate for a magazine like House and Garden mm. or, you know, those sorts of Martha Stewart kind of magazine where you're profiling the family, but really it's also showing their lifestyle and how they live in that house. Uh, it might be even something like um, a wedding magazine where you profile mm -hmm. somebody, you, you know, 10 years down the track, it's their 10th anniversary. This yep. is where they are now. So what we want is there's a fabulous family, John and Jenny Fabulous, and their children, and their children might be, you know, 16-year-old Sally, 14-year-old Dave, 4-year-old Freddie, and a newborn. Perhaps it's a blended family even. And for some of the shots, the grandparents might come in, and they're in their, let's say they're in their late 70s. And of course, to round out the family, there's two dogs, two cats, and some goats. Uh -huh. <laughs> now, just to set the scene, maybe the fabulous family live on a beachfront property that backs onto a pine forest. Now, we've just given you that scenario, and that might be a little bit too fabulous for reality, but you can adapt it to your own, um, to, 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 to your particular situation. Their house has a, la a light, bright, large kitchen dining area, but the rest of the house is actually dimly lit because they haven't quite gotten round to their, you know, fabulous renovation yet. So there's pros and cons to this house. Mm. And let's just say it's a large country property with a large garage. Now, we need, as an editor, we need individual shots of everyone 
for interview, you know, to, for the various pages and for social media potentially if we want to, you know, Instagram this fabulous mm. family to say, hey, buy the magazine to see more of this fabulous family. And um, a couple of shots of Mr and Mrs Fabulous, group shots of the kids, family shots with and without grandparents, posed and life and lifestyle looking shots, but also details of the home. This is what I love I love calling inset shots or you know just those little shots that create the mood. So there's not going to be any people in it, but it just might be shots of the kids crayon drawings on the fridge or shots of little kids shoes on the steps or shots just of the dog or shots of um uh the the uh, some toys um that are against mm-hmm. the veranda or something like that so Gina you've got the brief now of yep. of what we want to achieve yep where do you start in terms of your preparation and thought process okay so i think the first place to start val is to talk about the kind of photos we should avoid and so okay. I've got a little link okay. uh, and uh, I've had a look around. There's actually a website which has the most awkward family photos ever and <laughs> it's just very, very entertaining. And it's often what you see like uh, over the years, these are the most like awkward family photos I've ever seen and the uh, the poses are awkward, the fashion is awkward, the, the facial expressions are awkward and they're just wrong town. It's it's fun to have a look at. <laughs> They're just very, very funny. We'll anyway, put the link in the show notes. Yeah. So um, basically, I think with uh, family portraits, we're really moving away. And the reason I've uh, come up with this boot camp to do like a, an editorial type of spread is this is something that anyone as a photographer, when asked to do family portraits, should start thinking about and just trying to get away from that set up here we all are, everyone is posed and looking Mm. natural because like what's happening these days is because of uh, digital technology, we're actually losing all those candid moments, Val, because what people Mm. are doing is they're deleting the duds Mm. and they're just keeping the perfectly posed ones. So even though people are doing thousands and thousands of selfies or set up shots, if someone blinks or looks away or is looking a bit awkward, that shot gets deleted and never gets printed. In the film days, there might be 36 shots. You would get that shot that had like a bit of clutter in the background and it's the clutter that makes the the shots really interesting because that's what sort of says, oh, remember... Remember Uncle Dave's pipe? There it is on the table, whereas today we might remove it and everything's kind of really sterile. Mm. So what I think we're sort of like I really love uh, shooting my all family portraits, even if I'm not shooting for a magazine in this editorial style of shooting to capture more sort of like a day in the life, a slice in the life of a family. And I think that as a a memory, it's something like a lot nicer to to have and like a great way to do. So, all right. So 
we've got this great brief. So um, obviously, if it's for a magazine, we don't always get to go and check out the house, but I, I like to get as much information as possible. And I would pack my kit to cover all scenarios. So like I always will bring lighting because you never know if the, the house is dingy or dark and there's mm. no natural light. Mm. Um, and then I like to um, uh, pack uh, enough stuff to cover. So basically, uh, let's have a look at the gear first, Val. So yes, when photographing people inside in their home environment, I think the best lenses for this sort of situation are fixed focal fast lenses, something like, um, say, a 24 to 70, uh, like as a zoom or a, a 24 to 105. So you can zoom out and zoom in. Mm-hmm. All right. But you want that lens to be fast so that you can shoot wide open and kind of blur the background out a little bit, right? right? Or that you can show the whole room. And something like a fixed 50mm lens Mm. is perfect because sometimes you get uh, scenarios where the house maybe just has a little too much clutter on the wall. There's just too much going on. And if you try and have people in there, the the background is competing with the the family that you're trying to photograph. And you always want the people that you photograph to be the hero of the shot. So you don't want the ducks that are flying up the wall. You remember those things, (laughs) the ducks that fly up the wall? So they could be growing out of someone's head or sometimes you go in and the people have got like a million plates on the wall or just like – a wallpaper that's like patterns or just like just lots of guff in the background and you can't find a clean area it might be pouring with rain mm. this lens something like a 51.2 or 1.4 you focus on the people the background goes to like just blur and it's a really great way to photograph people so okay. um the other thing when you're photographing interiors is I think that a tripod is a must because yep. that gives you more options to shooting because ideally when I'm doing this sort of lifestyle photography, I'm looking for areas where I can actually get away with natural light. I don't like to light interiors because it starts to look lit and stiff and over overdone. Right. So, so if I am lighting the shot, it's just going to be little pops of light. So if I can... I want to try, if I am using light, I want to try and balance my ambient light in the background with mm-hmm. the light I'm using um, if I'm using any flash at all. So mm-hmm. that means that I'm often trying to work on a slower shutter speed. If I handhold the mm-hmm. camera, the images are going to be uh, a little bit soft because you're going to get camera shakes. So sure. I think in these scenarios, a tripod is a must. Yes. And the other thing that I try and do in these situations is I will crank up the ISO uh, to up around 800 to give oh. me uh, sort of more latitude there with what I'm shooting because you can have uh, a shot that's like say you're shooting at around 100 because you don't want the the, 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 like the noise in your shot, mm. but it means you're going to be shooting a lot slower, then um, you might get a shot that's soft. And I think I'd rather have a shot that's slightly noisier mm. than one that's soft. 
don't you? Sure, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so I think it's okay to, and I think today's cameras, Val, at around 800, they're still pretty good. And mm. like for a magazine shot, they're still going to look great. Uh, like I'm pushing my ISO up around. I, I wouldn't before, but now I do up with the two cameras that I've got now, the 1DX and the 5D Mark III, both beautiful at uh, high ISO. And even like m many entry-level cameras are still holding together really well. Mm-mm. Great. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. So lighting in this scenario, um, you want to match the light that you have uh, inside. And let's just say that we're working uh, for the interior shots at the moment. So you want right. to match the style of lighting that you have inside with the artificial light that you're going to use, if any. So mm -hmm. um, I think I've had a little recce of the house, Val. Mm-hmm. And I've gone around and it's the uh, kitchen living area has large uh, windows that go out onto a deck. Mm -hmm. And this is an ideal scenario for me to shoot the family in. The rest of the house I'm going to try and avoid because it's kind of dark mm. and dingy. But I can do some moody shots in there um, and some little inset shots. So I can work with those. But the, like the main hero shots, I'm going to stick to this area. So what I'm looking for when I'm going into a house like this mm. is areas where like you don't necessarily have to have uh, all the space to get back in, the, in terms of the room. Sometimes what I do is if I've got, say, a scenario where I've got the kitchen living area and then doors that go outside – Sometimes I will um, open the door, put the camera outside mm. and zoom in through the doorway. Right. So it means you can get back further and use a longer lens mm -hmm. to shoot people. So that, 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 that also uh, works really well. The kind of light I'll use for this is either an umbrella box or a soft box because mm. you want to create soft light that actually reflect, you know, copies daylight or mm. sometimes um, just an umbrella on its own is enough to create a, a field like you can light the whole room or the best way to do it is I take a reading of the entire room and try and get that as correct as possible in camera. So you want to get the overall scene looking great. Mm. Okay. And then I might just pop a tiny bit of flash in to whoever I'm photographing. So if it's a group, I might have a large softbox just overhead and say my reading without flash is F 5.6 at a 30th of a second, mm -hmm. right? My flash reading is going to be F 5.6 and a half. Right. I'm adding a half stop of okay. flash. Mm -hmm. just, just a little dook just to clean up their faces, but everything stays the same. Mm. Now, having said that, Val, when you're photographing interiors, a mm. couple of things to be careful about is to make sure that if there are lights like lamps, mm. overhead lights and things like that, turn them on. Turn them on. Turn them on. Little uh, side lamps and things like that. Candles, okay, yes. light, yeah, them, right, mm -hmm. all of that because it adds life to the shot. Yes. Nothing, and I learnt this the hard way when a magazine editor actually uh, knocked back one of my very early shoots. I came back and I thought, "This is the best thing I've ever done. How mm. good am I? Check it out!" And mm. it all looked good. And the first thing he said when he saw the shots, he's like, "Why didn't you turn the lights on in the mm -hmm. in the bedroom? The lamps there. The shot looks flat." Mm. And he was right, and it mm. wasn't. But I didn't see that because I was too busy 
trying to get my shots sharp and everything yeah. in focus, I did not notice that the lamps weren't on. Do you mean it had also, to be reshot? Do you mean also turn on the lights in the ceiling? Uh, sometimes it depends how many there are, Val, because okay. um, that can look a bit much. But yes. as a general rule, uh, I'm talking sort of like little side lamps and yep. things yep. like that. Turn them on. Okay. If there's an opportunity to light candles and things yes. like that, it just adds that little bit of life yeah. to the shot. Great. Okay. Um, so we're looking for as much daylight as possible. Uh, you, ideal scenario, you want to have large windows behind you, the photographer, so at your back, and so they're pumping all the light in, and that's how you're lighting your people, and then you might just want to give it a bit of lift with a bit of uh, flash mm. as well. Then um, if that's looking okay and the daylight is great, the way you can add a little bit more contrast to the shot is not necessarily lighting everyone from the front with the softbox, but maybe just bringing in a little bit of backlight just to give some hair light. Or mm -hmm. sometimes I just bring, I'll put a flash to the side of the shot so it looks like it might be sunlight streaming in for the, from the side because sometimes the shot just flatly lit can look a little dull Mm. and lifeless. So just bringing in a little extra little lighting that looks like just maybe some sunlight streaming in behind them can actually uh, just just uh, make the shot look a bit better. Yeah. Great. Okay. Right. Yeah, good ideas. So um, in terms of backgrounds, what I'm looking for when I'm doing a recce of the house, so the first thing I do when I arrive is I just go and have a look all around because sometimes you think the first room that you go to, oh, my God, this is amazing, let's shoot here. Mm. And then meanwhile, an hour later, you'll notice that upstairs there was an amazing room that had a better that had better light and like more space. So I try and I asked whoever owns the house, can you take me around, show me everything. And also you get them to take you into garages and sheds and mm. like into the garden and look around and everything. And, you know, if, if it's a large property, then around the property, what's next door, what's up the road, are there any laneways, every mm. single scenario. And then I'm starting to plan my shot list. What happens if you go to someone's house house and every room is just crap yeah and that's happened Val mm -hmm. so what did we, you do we just go let's go outside right so you shot everything in their garden I'll yeah, shoot everything outside mm -hmm. or um on a couple of rare occasions and this is, has been at the direct because I've gone outside and called the editor mm. <laughs> um, and I've actually taken just a couple of maybe phone shots to show them and mm. they've gone, no, you're right, you can't because it's just like there's people that just like to hoard stuff and so mm. there's like no, no, it just doesn't work. No. They'll say shoot it all outside or put, set up your backdrop and shoot it on white. Mm. inside the house and so I try and avoid that because it tends to look so clinical yes so uh there was a shoot I did just recently where there was nowhere to shoot in the house the house was tiny it was cluttered mm. it had a lovely garden but it was pouring with rain mm. and it was about zero degrees it was about to start snowing mm. it was like up in the mountains and so we shot under the eave I was actually I had them um undercover mm -hmm. I was in the rain oh 
So I, because I had my long lens, I had uh, my makeup artist, my assistant next to me with an umbrella covering mm-hmm. me. And no, he wasn't even covering me. He was covering the camera mm-hmm. that he cared about. Yes. And uh, I had a blanket covering me. And uh, yeah, th- that's how we shot it. Wow. Could you see the rain? No, you can't see the rain. Mm-hmm. So like we're getting soaked that they were dry, but that was all we could do we had to get the shot there was nowhere else to shoot luckily melbourne it can be like that it pours and then there was like moments where just quickly there was sunshine so we could get some shots outside then it would mm-hmm. go like it would turn again so yeah. that's what we do we just go outside so often there might be like a great shed or a garage or something mm. where you can find an area where um you can be undercover. Like when there's an – like many, many houses these days have eaves that you're protected from the rain. Mm. So often if, like, I don't want to get wet, I might shoot along the edge of the house, like with a long lens, so you can have people leaning up against the wall mm-hmm. and they're undercover, they're not getting wet, and you use that as, uh, you know, your background. Okay. And again, you're using long lenses, fast lenses, wide open, so you're throwing your background out of focus. Yep, yep. Great. All right. So, so you're looking for, like, I'm looking for clean, uncluttered backgrounds. So, like, um, If it's out in the garden, I'm looking for, say, maybe like hedges or rustic walls or like uh, open paths, driveways leading up. And and like when you're scanning for these locations, um, just remember that if you're using a very long lens, it's going to – the field of view of the lens is very narrow. So like sometimes you might see a a location and you'll see that there's junk on one side of the driveway – and um, like, you know, like a, a, a shed that doesn't look that attractive, mm. but the path itself is attractive. If you shoot that in a certain way, you can actually crop out all the guff mm, and yep. it's like a beautiful country lane. So it's also yes. a good idea when you're wrecking these locations to take your camera and the lens that you want to shoot in with you because like just sometimes the edge of a fence can look amazing and you can get that shot and just to the other side of it you've got power lines or like Mm. you know a pile of rubbish or something but you'll never see that in the shot like I remember in the studio that you used to be in out the back was this extremely nondescript um laneway yeah (laughs) but it made for some fantastic shots because of the angle in which you used to shoot in it yeah, you couldn't see, but the wall itself on one side of the, like one side was uh, fibro cement, I think, mm. not attractive. Mm. The other side was like rustic sand blasted bricks that looked beautiful. So if you set the camera at a certain angle mm. and just got the bricks, it looked uh, like this beautiful retro laneway. But then on the ground, there was like, Oh, syringes and yeah. <laughs> it was really dangerous out there, probably snakes and all sorts of things. <laughs> right. So if you took it as a wide shot, it mm. wasn't particularly attractive, but the, but, but, but the wall was nice. The long lens mm. actually re- can really be your friend in these situations. So you, sometimes all you need is just like a clean edge of something as a background mm. and, and, and you can get away with that. So uh, again, sometimes like a table setting, an outdoor setting, can be enough to give you a nice little set to put people around or um, 
sitting people in cars. Some 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 people have like great old cars on their property that might be rusty. You can put people in the back of them, uh, garden paths, look for leading lines and laneways, and and obviously if they've got other things nearby, like uh, you know th this place has the beach or the forest. And sometimes it could be just this patch of green that is like you know the middle of a dump, but you've got this area where there might be a, a wall of um you know weeds, but through the camera they look amazing. So but what you're like saying, sunlight. What you're saying is to succeed in this sort of shoot, it's because you're turning up essentially to a location that you don't that is unknown is yep. to make sure you do you you go around and find some appropriate sets before you even start yeah yeah okay I think a really good exercise for everyone to do over this uh little holiday break now that you've got time is i want you to go around your own home Mm. And, and with with uh, your lens of choice, uh, and if you like to work long, then work long. If you've got a shorter lens, then whatever lens you like to work with. And I want you to try and find little patches around your home that you can um, create great backgrounds out of nothing and give yourself like a time limit. Give mm. yourself... 15 minutes, put yourself under pressure. And then whenever you go to visit, like you might be visiting relatives over this time, take your camera and the, and just go, I'm just going to do a recce around your property mm. and do the same thing. Because like the more you do this, the better you get at recognizing where the good light is and where the good locations are. I think it's just a good sort of uh, boot Boot camp training, Val. Yeah, definitely. Or I might be a bit lazy and wait for you to come visit me soon and ask Maybe you what. Or because I did that at your other place, <laughs> you didn't I? So yes. I did set up your lights. Here's where you should film from, Val. Mm. The good light here. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, let's do that when you come up here. All right. So let's let's move on. So, um, okay, let's set up a shot list now, Val. So okay. basically um, I want to think of areas that I can do like all the individual uh, single shots and I think that I found that that, uh, that uh, kitchen lounge uh, scenario where I've got the big bay of windows behind me, I've got the opportunity to get back with my long lens and I'm shooting in. The light is the best there. It's consistent. I don't need to light it, but what I'm going to do in this case uh, is be because the house goes from very, very bright into the other part of the house that's unrenovated, which is actually dark light, I'm actually going to bring in a hair light for this. And right. so what I'll do is I'm going to set up a, a little speed light on a stand, put it on, say, uh, a quarter power or an eighth power, and just with uh, a little uh, umbrella box, I'm just going to just like a little tiny amount, like a half stop over what I'm shooting, what I'm exposing their face for. And that's just going to give that sort of um, uh, sunlight sort of effect on the face and just separate them from the darker background of the back of the house. And that's where I'm going to do all my single shots. And what I look for, Val, is rather than just having everyone standing there, I'm looking for um, chairs and sofas and anywhere that I can lean people because what I like with my headshots is to give people uh, options to lean up and over things. So I'm always looking out for things like benches or ottomans or something where like even if I need to get people on the floor and leaning up over an ottoman or straddling the back of the chair because we're doing like a series of single images now of everyone. Why do you like getting the people same, to lean? Like, 
because what it does when you've got someone leaning up and over over something, it forces the chin and the face forward. If you force the chin and the face forward, it's giving a really strong neckline to mm -hmm. people. Great. Okay. Mm -hmm. a, str a strong jawline, strong jawline, great headshot. Okay. okay. And then from there, we're using all the techniques that we've discussed in uh, previous podcasts of how to connect. And, uh, and, and it's, there's no different for, for a family portrait. You really, it's 10% is the setup. The 90% is what you're saying to them as you, so you do, you're doing all those. Can you remember what, what uh, headshots, um, what number podcast that was? I can't remember. <laughs> one, of the early, one, one of the first 20, but we've discussed it a few times, how to connect with people, how, how to shoot great headshots. There's lots and lots of uh, that, that go through everything that you need to say at this point. Okay, so we've got all the... All the shots that we're, we've worked through, all the singles eval, and then we want to maybe uh, do uh, a shot of uh, baby and mum and dad. Because mm -hmm. what I love about where, I, where you're going with this is that when you think of family portraits, you always think of those set-up shots. And at its worst, you think of those glamour shots there, you know, where a family goes to a photographic studio and they, just, they, they stand in that very cliched sort of setup. But what I love about where you're going with these shots is they are very lifestyle. They're still fantastic family shots, but it's literally like a slice of life out of their family life is what you're trying to achieve. Exactly. And this is what we're doing. But if we just let the fabulous family um, just go about their day, what would happen is probably the teenagers would all be fighting over the remote <laughs> control. Mum and dad are probably having an argument. If it was my place, I've just burnt dinner. And, you know, the dogs are fighting with the cats. And like, it doesn't make great portraits, does it? No. So you, you, everything is, set, is being set up, but it looks wonderfully natural. And I love exactly. it. So we might, like, I love kitchens. So, again, we've got this amazing kitchen. We've got amazing light. So what I love to do as a family shot is to get them pretending to make something in the kitchen. So I give everyone something to do. Mum might be slicing something. They might be, like, a really good one to do with young kids is to pretend to make a uh, bake a cake or something it's really mm. easy to do you need a bowl you pour some flour in the bowl you pour a bit of flour on the bench to look like you know it looks a bit like messy and you give the kids a rolling pin and uh you basically if they're young kids it's like just tell them that you're making a cake and they're mm. so into the cake making mm. that they're going to completely forget you're there and you get that interaction between mum and the kids dad might be in there helping and you can actually get the entire family uh in that shot doing something you can also I've done shots where I've had families around a table playing cards together or you can have them pretending to have a meal together mm -hmm. and again it's that like just that slice of life yeah um, love it love these you ideas can, you can go upstairs into the bedroom generally I've found when I'm doing like a mother and baby shot uh, the master bedroom is like sometimes it's a bit larger and you you might have good light in there again position the window behind your back put the mum and baby on the bed get down low to their angle and you can just ask them that like um the the mum to be just like engaged and playing with the baby and up close in its face or, mm. or just like lying on her back and she can be like bringing the baby up over her head mm. like 
like in Lion King. Like an aeroplane. You know, in Lion King, yeah, like where they stand on them, they hold the circle yeah, of life. Circle of life, that pose. Yes. I love, I love that scene. Okay. Um, anyway, so you could do the <laughs> circle we, of can life. We, can we do that with Rex when you come yes, up? Yes, <laughs> let's do that. Where have, we got, have you got Pride Rock nearby? Have I got? No. <laughs> yes, there is. There is a place. I know exactly where to go. Okay. I know we're going to do it. Okay. So, um, so there's things like that. Like you know, if you've got like an older son and a dad, you could have um, the son watching the dad shaving. What a great shot. You know, mm. you can have them uh, in the bathroom br- brushing their like slices of everyday life. The mm. other really one, the great one, is like have them gardening together if if they're into that. So like planting flowers, and and that's something you can do with little ones as well. Not so exciting with uh, teenagers who are <laughs> going to do that sort of thing, right? Who will just be on their smartphones. So the teenagers will just all be like, you know, going, "I'm not happy. I don't like this, and you know, this isn't fun. When can we go?" Can I go now? Can I go back on my phone? And I don't like what I'm wearing. Um, (laughs) So we've got the beach as well, Val, as a scenario in this shot. And Mm. we've also got the woods. Now, um, you know... The, the country, the woods, it like you, I've seen so many, so many beautiful portraits of uh, children and families uh, in forests on paths and things like that. So that, that in itself is a great location. Uh, finding like country roads and, again, it could be the driveway which has like the neighbour's um, brand new, you know, Ford Ute parked there that's bright red that you just skim and mm. you're not seeing and the other side like you, you can just create that country road look Mm -hmm. you can have the family I I do this all the time just walk away from me and walk back Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so you've got like a group of five people and that's a really great way to get the entire family in the shot and engage they can be walking through the woods walking on the beach like you know now my challenge with with the beach so I have a question for you because I live near the beach and um uh it's a lovely beach um but it is often wonderfully perfectly sunny weather where I live which is great if you want to go to the beach not so great when you want to take photos at the beach yeah so what's your advice on that because there are many stunning days here but it's just too bright to go to the beach I mean to take photos well everyone's squinting (laughs) you know it's it's, no one looks looks great because it's, it's just too bright well, they have to wear their sunglasses and that doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily no. the look you want. So it comes down to the planning, Val. So basically um, what you want to do is think about like starting either early in the morning or late in the afternoon. And you think about like we've got all these great scenarios in this house. So we've got the beautiful uh, kitchen uh, sort of dining interior shots that we can do. We might have an upstairs area where we can do the baby and a bath bathroom shot for the son mm. and father, right? And then we've got some garden shots that we might do. And, and then we're going to move out like maybe a country laneway. You want to plan the beach shot to be either very, very early. This is the problem, Val, with you and the beach, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. You've got to get up early. Oh, no. 
early. <laughs> so before the sun rises, you've got that flat, beautiful light, easy yes. to shoot in. And after the sun sets is when you can avoid it or um, kind of as it's setting, you get that soft light and everyone can be a little bit backlit and you might have to use some fill or as it's setting, it's kind of softer and you can use that as your main light, but you want to be avoiding because there's nowhere to hide. There's no open shade at the beach. No. So you want to be avoiding that sort of um, midday sun. But what you can do is, uh, like we talked about last week in the episode where I had the backlit shot of the guy leaning up against the car. Yeah. If the sun is low enough in the sky that you can backlight the whole family, right. you expose for their skin tone and blow out the background. So because it's beach and blue, the water is, is kind of heavy and solid, mm. you're still going to get that, 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 that beach feel, but mm. you, you're going to get it like a more fashion look to the shots. And you see this done all the time if you look in fashion magazines. When they shoot at the beach, this is the style that they shoot in. So that's the technique that will probably work. So have the, the sun uh, backlighting them. And well, that depends in. on whether you live on the east coast or the west coast. Just turn them around with you. <laughs> oh, right, I see. I thought you meant sun setting over the water. Okay, got it. Yeah? <laughs> yes. So, uh, and then where, wherever the sun sets as well, it could set over the water or, um, you know, rise over the water. It depends yeah. on where got you it. are. But, but like, uh, best to avoid that sort of... Uh, there's nothing you can do in midday. So no. that might be where you move inside because when it's midday and you're inside, you've got that light that's sort of bouncing around and filling nicely under the eaves and things like that because that might be when you're making the most of that. Yeah. But And the other thing, Val, that you need to think about is like we've got a baby, we've got a four-year-old and not so much the teenagers, but the first question I ask the parents is, when are the kids at their best? Yes, of course. Uh, especially like the, so they might say, well, the baby is actually really good between, you know, from seven in the morning till about 11. It, it turns at, like most babies turn, it's my kids turned at six every night. <laughs> yeah, they still do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. <laughs> so, you know, and the four-year-old is probably okay most of the day as long as that we can keep it entertained and let, forget about the teenagers. They're not going to cooperate anyway. But <laughs> that's the kind of question I ask. And you kind of want to have that window of time and you plan so that you're hitting the beach either first thing, which I wouldn't do because it's lugging everywhere. You, you want to move last, basically. You mm. want to knock off all the, the interiors mm -hmm. and then head outside last, I think. Okay. All right. Got so it. Does, does that help that with that question? Yeah, that's great. That's great. And I'm going to make the assumption that when you're doing the group shots, and we've got, you know, some fantastic advice on group shots in previous episodes, is yeah. I'm going to make the assumption that you're going to say that you, you'll give someone, you'll give everyone something to do. Is, yes. is that right? Yes. So we're talking in this scenario, there's not going to be any of those posy, posy, posy shots. Yep. 
Because okay. you're doing a slice of life. Doing a slice of life. So mm-hmm. we're going to be in the kitchen and it's like, okay, mum, you're going to be stirring the cake mix. Mm-hmm. Son number one is going to be, like four-year-old's going to be standing on a chair trying to help. Or like, you know, the baby might be on the floor if it's old enough to sit up, like licking the bowl. Like <laughs> let the baby just go and make a mess because that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Why yes. not? Yep. You know? Um, and dad might be like, you know, not even in the frame because it doesn't make sense because mm. why would he be in there? He's probably watching football on Because, <laughs> of right? course, we're not so, perpetuating stereotypes no, at, not all at all in this but, show. You know, but you might – but it might be nice to feature, like, because, like, with group shots, Val, the mm-hmm. dynamics always look a lot better when you've got threes, fives, odd numbers. Yes. So suddenly to bring the fourth person in, just to have them in the shot, mm. and they've got nothing to do, it can look awkward. So don't don't have him in the shot, and maybe Dad is with the other son, and they're shaving, or they might be fishing on the pier at the mm. beach. Mm-hmm. Or you can give them another scenario. They might be fixing the old car that's on the property together. Yeah. You know, and that's that night, nice bonding. Or you might just have or playing them playing Xbox. Playing Xbox or walking up the laneway together and chatting, mm. you know. You just get them to walk off or you just shoot them from behind and that, yep. that kind of looks really cool because some, sometimes when you see a dad and the son and you see them walking together, they both have the same walk. <laughs> and it can be a really sweet shot or dad's holding son's hand. Little yeah. boy's hand. That can be beautiful. So little things like that, mm. just little interactions, you know, those so- sorts of photos are, are lovely to have, mm. you know. Mm. Um, and I must say many people don't think of them. No. Yeah, because they go for the set-up shots. So don't this set is up great. Everyone, and it's like you're not capturing the real person. And so, you, you know, if if the, the brother and sister are always fighting, then let them fight. Let yes. them you know, and if if the teenager is always like you know looking a bit sullen, let them be that person. Let mm. them be who they are, or give them a scenario where they're you know being natural. So so try and set up opportunities where you can have natural interactions. The other thing I like to do in terms of how I'm shooting Val is I look for opportunities to um, set up shots so they look a bit voyeuristic. And what I mean by that is I love to shoot through doorways and not only so that I can have that long lens that is one technique that's just giving me enough space to move back and zoom in Mm -hmm. but I'm talking about where I will have like uh shooting into a room Mm -hmm. through the doors and include the open doors or part of the open doors so just the the door ajar yeah, the door's ajar and then there's another scene beyond that. So mm. it looks like you, you it's a sneaky shot. Love that. Set up. And so this whole shot is framed by the doorway. Like or, a mother feeding a baby. Yeah, it's like something quite intimate. And I do mm. that a lot for a lot of the at-homes I've done for magazines and, mm. and, and things like that. Because, again, it's, it's suddenly it looks like, oh, they didn't really set that up. They yeah, I love that be, idea and it just makes it really sweet and, and, and quite beautiful. And, again, you can light this or you can just uh, use available light and don't be afraid to let the background blow out because there's often there'll be enough detail in the background to hold it all together and don't be afraid. You don't need to have everything precisely lit all the way through. The, like, the doors could be silhouetted because mm. they're not actually going to be lit and you're taking your exposure from the person in the frame from the skin tone. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, you let everything else go. Mm-hmm. Great, great. All right, so mm-hmm. um, uh, pick up shots, Val. These are the little details that yes, you want to. Yes, my little inset shots that I love. Inset shots. Mm. So as you're walking around on the recce, sometimes this is a good time to be grabbing those shots. Uh, so uh, you might see things like shoes lined up at the door, mm. a book on a bedside table, flowers. Um, you know the pets that are mm. on the property, clothes on the clothesline. And you can see that that's our cover this week, Val. Uh, mm-hmm. All the socks lined up of, a, of an extended family on the clothesline. I just think that's the sweetest shot ever. You know, the little baby booties, dad's socks, the mum's socks, and then all in a line, uh, you know, of all the different uh, uh, the kids in the family. Um, my advice on that is to find out what – each person's hobby is or the thing that they're particularly interested in. So if the dad's into fishing, take a, you know, find the fishing rod. If the if the kid is obsessed with Hello Kitty, do something with the Hello Kitty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it might be sometimes like, you know, they all love their coffee, so you might get a shot of the coffee coming out of mm. the coffee machine or like the fruit on the table or the edge of a book. There might be perfume on the nightstand with some jewellery that always looks great. Um you know, and sometimes carrying around a little prop for these shots, like a torch or a mirror, to actually light back in and just give some nice little highlights to the shot, can help as well. Uh, while while you're shooting these little uh, grab shots. Now, in the show notes, Gina's got a series of these sorts of family style shots. So, if you want to have a look at them, they're at Gina Militia. Dot com, which is M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And uh, the first one is actually of a, well, it's actually of a celebrity couple, an Australian, a uh, famous Australian um, radio personality in like her country house. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and uh, this was uh, up, up in a New, New South Wales country property. And um, basically there's, uh, yeah, all, all, all the uh, inset shots there and, um that the animals got in the shots and, uh, yeah, great place to shoot. So, yeah, inset shots of flowers on a, um, with some books next to them, some gumboots because it's a country property. And Gina's also done that technique where she's shooting through some balcony doors from mm. the inside to the outside. So it's as if she's just captured this person sitting in a chair with a pet um, at her feet. There's mm. also um, a great shot. It looks like if someone... Of, it looks like a kitchen and it's of a famous Australian Olympian and his family. Um, but it looks perfectly natural, again, even though this is a great family shot and it's been set up, they're, they're just interacting with each other, which is just gorgeous, isn't mm. it? And so, again, Val, I've got the uh, the large windows at my back to light them. So this is lit by daylight. I position them where I wanted them to be and then uh, I just let that happen and the little boy just kissed his mum at that time and just we captured that beautiful moment and it's just like it's all brought together like everyone's focused on that kiss and it's just a really sweet – it wouldn't work if they're all smiling to camera. It Did just, you light it as well? 
that's lit with natural light, Belle. Completely so I've got natural light. Massive, fantastic um, light uh, bay of windows behind me, mm. and um, you know that's just daylight going in. And I've let the background do. I've focused only on the skin tone. That's how I take my reading, and let the background do. And so you can notice in this shot, Belle, that there's candles in the frame, and they're all lit, mm. and it just like it's 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 hardly noticeable, but this adds life to the shot. And there's another shot of, um, they're from an Australian television reality show called The Block and it's a couple in their home but it's great natural shot because in the, the, the main person is the woman and she's patting a cup, uh, a dog. Uh, she's got a couple of dogs at her feet, but her partner is in the background carrying a couple of cups of coffee and he's walking. So there's a sort of a little bit of action, a tiny bit of blur, yep. uh, but it just looks again like you've just managed to capture this slice of life. And and finally, there's um, a great shot uh of of shoes but yeah. they're all it, it, it's it's um a, five wooden crates and there's three on the bottom and two at the top and they're you know sort of irregularly placed not too neat and the shoes there's just all different sorts of shoes within those those boxes and on those boxes and again it's kind of like this snapshot into yep. well this is these this is the family shoes Yep, and that's garage lighting, Val. So that's basically wow. I took it into the garage, like just at the edge of the the shade there, and it's so that's lit. And then behind them, there was all sorts of clutter and guff. But because it all goes to black very quickly, you, you can't, can't see, see it. it. It ends up looking like it's uh, lit in a studio, but yeah. it's not. Yeah. And if you're new to garage lighting, it's basically when it's like almost what you get at, at the edge of at the edge of at the opening of your garage or shed, where there's concrete on the outside, and that is reflecting the light back onto the inside of the shed. And so the subject or whatever it is that you're photographing is on the just on the edge on the inside. Of the shed. Well, brilliant stuff. I love it. And I'm I'm keen to, you know, um, see everyone's shots for hashtag mm -hmm. Gina challenge this week. <laughs> and Gina has called this <laughs> hashtag family size, no cheese. Uh -huh. <laughs> so make sure you use that as your hashtag. If you haven't participated in hashtag Gina challenge before, every week we have a new theme or topic and we all interpret it however we like and we <laughs> use the hashtag, hashtag Gina challenge. And for this week, it's also hashtag family size, no cheese. And we put them in the Facebook group and look at each other's photos. You don't have to participate if you're in the Facebook group, but uh, it's it's great fun if you do. And of course, if you haven't joined the Facebook group, it's free. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community and uh, you'll find you'll find it. And it's a great place to ask questions and also, you know, get feedback on, on some of your shots if you'd like that as well. And of course, where we upload our photos for hashtag Gina Challenge. But that brings us to the end of our episode this week. What will you be up to until we speak again, Gina? I'm coming up to see you, Val. Yep, yep. I'm going to hang out with you. I'm going to wrecky your house and I'm going to show you all the good areas for you to uh, photograph. We might do a photo shoot with uh, 
with all the animals, hey? And we'll do Circle of Life. We'll do, we'll, we'll pretend... do Circle of Life. We've got to find Pride Rock. Can you get the music? Can you, like, go okay. buy the CD? I will. I'll get it on right. iTunes. No problem. Can't wait, because that's got to play just on your iPhone. While, okay. While I'll play it on the iPhone while you're holding him up just for atmosphere. Like, okay. I, that makes me so happy just thinking about it. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. I'm Rex. I'm sure Rex will be thrilled. <laughs> he was going to be named either Rex or, well, actually not Simba. I was thinking of calling him Kimba, you know, after oh, Kimba, Kimba the, the White, White Lion. Lion. Oh, yes. I love that show. Yeah, I loved that show too. Yeah. So cute. Yeah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we look forward to bringing you next week's boot camp. In the, in, in the meantime, if you have a moment to leave us a rating, a rating or a review on iTunes, we'd really be grateful because that really helps us in our rankings. And uh, if you want to connect with us, please do that in the um, – in the Facebook group, So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community. But also make sure you do sign up for Gina's fantastic newsletter at ginamilitia.com, which is G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. <laughs> well done, Val. There's a lot of eyes in there. There's a lot of eyes. <laughs> All right, on that note, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.